Heritage Foundation. I'm Michelle Cordero, and this is Heritage Explains. In a landmark case, the Supreme Court cleared the way for states to legalize sports betting. The Supreme Court today ruling that states are free to legalize sports betting if they choose to. Pretty soon you won't have to go to Vegas anymore if you want to legally bet on the Super Bowl or the World Series or perhaps the NBA Finals this year. But this ruling had me asking myself all sorts of questions. What does this mean for gambling in my state right now? Why is it that it's legal to place bets in Las Vegas and not here? Why are conservatives cheering for a law that will likely increase gambling? Today, Elizabeth Slattery, host of the podcast SCOTUS 101 and a legal fellow in Heritage's Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies, will talk with us about what exactly this ruling means and how we got here to begin with. Hey, Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Okay, so tell us a little bit about what this ruling means. Is it legal right now for me to go out and find my local bookie and place a bet on the NBA playoffs? Uh, It probably is not. It depends on the state. And there are a number of states that are looking into legalizing sports betting now that the Supreme Court struck down this federal law in Mercy versus NCAA. So basically what the court did was it said that a 1992 law that prevented states from repealing existing bans on sports betting, the Supreme Court said that that violates the 10th Amendment of the Constitution. And can you remind our listeners what what the 10th Amendment is? Yeah. So the 10th Amendment, basically, uh, it allows anything, any powers that are not expressly enumerated for Congress or another part of the federal government, these are reserved for the individuals, the citizens, and the states. So this means that unless Congress has some sort of enumerated power, it cannot force the states to pass certain types of laws if they choose not to. So, and it it wasn't originally Murphy versus the NCAA, correct? It was it was Christie versus the NCAA. There were a couple of cases that were consolidated, and the the NCAA is in uh, is part of the case, and several other uh, professional and amateur sports leagues are part of the case. So it was a few cases that had been coming up through the lower courts together, and the Supreme Court just decided to hear them all together. So basically, this case overturned a case from 1992 that was the initial law that made it illegal to bet on professional sports. But there were four states that were exempt from that, right? That's right, including Nevada. When Congress passed the law in 1992, it basically prevented states that already had laws on the books from repealing those laws or from passing new laws dealing with sports gambling. So the overall goal of the 92 law was to keep sports gambling uh, illegal in most states. And because Nevada, obviously with Las Vegas, they were grandfathered in. They were. And in fact, Congress gave New Jersey a one-year window from the passage of uh, of the 1992 law to, to look into legalizing sports betting because of Atlantic City. Uh, but the state of New Jersey chose not to do that at that time. And it wasn't until 
around 2011 when there was a, a constitutional amendment in the state uh, amending the state constitution of New Jersey that would allow the legislature to legalize sports betting. Yeah, and I think that's important to bring up that this is something that the people of New Jersey really wanted. They voted on it and they wanted this to happen for Atlantic City. Yes, so after the 2011 constitutional amendment, which then authorized, it gets complicated here because in the 1800s, uh, there was a constitutional amendment prohibiting all types of gambling in New Jersey. And over over the years, the people changed their minds about specific types, like bingos and church halls and different things like that. A lotto. Yeah. Different things like that slowly became legalized. So then in 2011, they authorized the state legislature to legalize sports betting. And that ended up in court and was struck down uh, because of this 1992 law. So then the state of New Jersey tried a different tactic. And what they did was the legislature said, we're not passing a new law legalizing sports betting. We're just repealing our existing law. And that is is what ended up in the Supreme Court in Murphy versus NCAA. And the Supreme Court said, this is this is the definition of commandeering the state's telling the state legislatures what they can and cannot do, and Congress cannot do that under the Tenth Amendment. So tell me how conservatives view this case. How do we feel about this ruling? Yeah, so people might be wondering why some conservatives are cheering a ruling uh, that is likely going to lead to an increase in gambling, but the bottom line is that Congress must operate within the scope of its constitutional authority, and it may sound like a distinction without a difference to say that Congress can outlaw sports betting directly, but it can't tell the states to do the same thing. But we live in a country with dual sovereignty, and the federal government must respect the authority of the states. Like you said, to be clear, this isn't indicative how conservatives feel about gambling, but state rights. Exactly. So Justice Ginsburg was the only fully dissenting judge. What was her viewpoint? So uh, Justice Ginsburg wrote the dissenting opinion, which was joined by Justice Sonia Sotomayor in full, and Justice Breyer joined it partially. So he signed on to the majority opinion for most of it, but there was part that he he had a problem with. And Ginsburg's dissent really just had to do with, and this is really getting into the the weeds of the law here, whether a specific part of this 1992 law could be struck down and the rest of the law could, could stand, or if the whole law had to come down. And Justice Alito, writing for the majority, said, we're striking down the entire law. Everything, every part's going to come down. And if Congress wants to try to pass a new law, if Congress wants to directly ban sports betting, then that's fine. Uh, and Justice Ginsburg would have tried to take a more tailored approach. And she really didn't speak to the merits of what she thinks about sports betting and what the states and Congress should do. And so this ruling also has broader implications for some other big issues for conservatives. What are those issues? Sure. So similar arguments about commandeering are already being made in the legal battle between the Trump administration and sanctuary cities. Uh, This is something that could also come up in areas where states want to legalize activity that the federal government doesn't like marijuana, possession of certain types of firearms, even assisted suicide. Uh, But it's the key issue in all of these areas is whether the federal government has an enumerated power uh, because federal law can preempt state law if if the federal law is based on an exercise of of power that's conferred to Congress by the Constitution. Whereas here, in this case, there isn't a provision that says 
uh, Congress can tell state governments what laws to pass. So that that's that's really going to be the, the big issue to watch in all these other areas and how this anti-commandeering principle plays out in other policy yeah. areas. It's amazing. This is really, when I was looking this up for our conversation, this really is more complex. I had to ask people questions. I started thinking about FanDuel and all these other online sports betting websites, which actually is a completely other legal issue that already took place that we'll have to maybe talk about in another podcast. That's how complex it is. (laughs) Definitely. Um, But thank you so much for breaking it down a little bit for us. Um, And also in our show notes, you had linked to a really great ESPN article, um, How Close Is My State to Legalize Sports Betting? And it really walks through where each state is Mm -hmm. in the process, where it's imminent that sports betting will be legalized and and where it, it may not happen. Um, yeah. So I'll put those in the show notes. And it looks like about a third of states are already introducing bills or already have bills that are through through their legislature. So it could be happening quickly. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. And that's it for today's episode of Heritage Explains. If you like today's podcast, I highly recommend you check out SCOTUS 101, Elizabeth's podcast. They're growing a huge following and it's a really great show if you're into legal and judicial issues. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to Heritage Explains wherever you listen to your podcasts and we will see you next week. We're going to be kicking off a special series on immigration. Heritage Explains is produced by Michelle Cordero with editing by Thalia Rampersad.